Welcome to Bachelor Banter. A wine-induced podcast discussing all things bachelor and bachelorette. I'm one of your hosts, Jade, an absolute bachelor addict. And I'm the other host, Dave, a bachelor virgin. (laughs) Pour yourself a glass of whatever you enjoy and enjoy the show. Cheers. Cheers! Now, Jade, I am more excited than any grown man should actually be about this episode of (laughs) The Bachelor South Africa, episode 14. Now, where do you want to start today? So today, I would like to start with the fact that all the girls rock up at this amazing private game reserve called Kapama. It's the last leg of their journey, and they arrive in this, like, proper beautiful private jet, and they're greeted by Jason Greer with a glass of champagne, and it's all very, like, you know, high-end, posh-posh. I was like, wow. Now, I've got to say, I've given Mark a bit of stick, and, and, you know, bloke to bloke, a, a bit of banter and all of that. Because, you know, some of the first dates were like building a kennel and stuff like that. They were kind of manly tasks. Whereas, I must admit, you know, these dates, top-notch. I I can't fault him for those. I I thought some of the spectacular views and going out and seeing the lions and stuff, it it just looked amazing to me. We'll get into this a little bit later, but some of them I still wasn't, like, I I wasn't that convinced that it was as... Any more romantic than a bowling date with Bridget? You well, know? Oh, okay. No, I guess I was but thinking we'll about the later. safari park in, in itself. But, um, I mean, the, the the claws were definitely out, you know, when they were out on the safari. And um, I'm not just talking about the lionesses. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Where, where do you want to go <laughs> next? Um, well, before we get into the Jessar date, I will just say, that I was very surprised by the conversation at the beginning of the episode between Jason Greer and Mark Buckner because Jason straight out asked him, is this going to end in a proposal? And you could see how uncomfortable Mark was with it. Like, And from his response, I would say it's a big nope. And I'm going to just call it straight away. He's going to choose Mauricia. They're going to end up together. There's already so many signs I've seen online that shows that they are potentially definitely kind of together but he thinks that she's too young for a proposal and he won't do that that's that is my opinion <laughs> and it is my birthday i have had a few glasses one so bang so <laughs> straight in there i mean so, so do you uh, so first of all happy birthday hmm. <laughs> thank you we are drinking a lovely uh, argentinian Malbec. shiraz at the moment and it is it's delightful Sorry, it is a Malbec, isn't it? So the Shiraz was the one before, I think, and the Merlot <laughs> comes soon after. So <laughs> And the, the gin was before any of that. <laughs> yes. Uh, lockdown people. <laughs> so um so so do you think it's more of a betrothal? You know, it's more in Victorian England times where uh, you know, you she's know, gonna be betrothed to him for later. I you know we normally do our predictions right at the end of the episode, but I'm going to call it right now and say, perhaps if Mark is a traditional person, which I seem to think that he might be, he might create some kind of a Jack Friedman, the Julia designer that is on the show, maybe like a promise ring for Mauricia and give her that rather than an engagement ring. Hmm. 
Now, this is interesting. Obviously, I'm the one who's coming into this. For my first Bachelor season, so I don't really know what the end is. You know, in Love Island, they get 75 grand in the UK. I think, it, oh no, is it 50? And they get to choose where they go home with it themselves or do they split it and what have you. So I know what the outcome's going to be, but it all seems a bit wishy-washy. Like, what is the... I tell you what, I'll be massively disappointed if there isn't a proposal at the end, to be quite honest, because I'll kind of wonder, well, what is the bloody point? That's why I was really disappointed with the first season of The Bachelor of South Africa. And maybe that's why they chose someone a bit older, you know, Mark's 36, but he's chosen... Clearly, he's got a very strong bond with Mauricio, who is younger, and so he's being mindful of that and her age gap. But, yeah, I mean, the, the whole point of The Bachelor with the ring in the bloody logo is that you get engaged at the end of it. Well, we'll see. I mean, there's a few twists and turns, isn't there? You know, different conspiracy theories about what might actually be going on there. That's why I can't wait to get into it. So, come on, let's get into the Jess R date. Right. So, I mean, they go off on this safari to look at the lions. And I mean, that's that in itself is amazing. I love safari so much. But the fact that she had compiled a list of questions on a piece of paper, it was like, it was the most awkward thing I had ever seen. There was no natural chat it was just like okay i'm gonna ask you this question you answer it we'll have a bit of a chat about your answer and then we'll move on to the next question <laughs> so i've got to say I, I i was disappointed i couldn't actually i mean i don't know if i just missed it i was looking for the paper but i couldn't see the actual paper i just wanted to know is it laminated because I, and which version is it? You know, because I'm sure that she just didn't start jotting down. I, I'm sure there are different versions of this this list of questions. You know, and so you know, she's thinking about the questions. She's thinking about the order of the questions. So she has put a lot of thought into this. But I, I think natural is exactly the opposite word of everything I think about that. I think it was just yeah, it was just uncomfortable to watch. To be honest, for me. Yeah, it, it, she put him right on the spot with so many of those questions. And it was kind of like an interview. Like, he had to pass, like, an interview process. Like, he had to pass her questions in order to move on with her. <laughs> so, like, where do you see yourself in five years? <laughs> Is that, oh, no, cool. Show's over, guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, you know, some of the questions were like, clearly making him a bit uncomfortable. I mean, she, I, I did like actually, now if she'd have just asked this question organically, I would have liked it. So she asked, you know, how do I make you feel? And Mark responded that he was always excited. Well, she makes him happy. Um, and Jess said, you know, for her, you know, when she sees Mark, she feels happy, comfortable, and safe. But, yeah, and, and that would have been enough, to be honest. But to reel out a scroll of a bunch of other questions, I, I thought, it, took away from the warmness of that initial question, you know? It seemed robotic. Like, it just didn't flow at all. And she also asked him, why have things never worked out in your past relationships? And, you know, we've learned a bit about his past, but... We learned tonight that they were all long-term relationships. 
but he just wasn't settled enough to have them and I don't know like she says that there's this banter and it's really good and it makes them have so much fun together but I don't see that all I see between her and Mark is her putting this ginormous amount of pressure on their relationship and this seriousness that honestly I think no matter who you are as a man you're gonna run away with your tail between your legs. Now to be fair Jess R is a beautiful woman so you might not be thinking about it in that moment but you know if you're not you should be your your inner monologue. Your uh, you know Jiminy Cricket should be shouting "Danger, Will Robinson!" because it was all just completely unnatural. And you know what it came across as? It was almost like speed dating. Or mm. honestly, I've never been speed dating, but it's how I imagine it to be. Where you've got like a set amount of time to find out as much as you can about the opposite person. You know, who's sat across. It's all you. that. Yeah. So, I mean. Uh, it, it was like that, and it's like, well, hang about. If you have a genuine connection, and at some point they definitely have, you don't need to ask these quick-fire questions. And so I, I think she's messed up a bit there with, with that whole thing. And then she messed up even further, in my opinion, by saying that she walked in on a conversation between Bridget and Mauricia and she's like crying, and she's like, no, she's not going to say what she heard while she's mic'd. She takes off the mic, and she's talking to him. And just the fact that she was crying and saying, no, she's not going to say it while she's mic'd, that in itself, in my personal opinion, is manipulative. We've said it in the past. We've called her out for being manipulative, and I just really felt it again. I feel like she's getting towards the end. She's trying to dig her nails right in there. Like, this is her man. She's going to do whatever it takes but I just didn't agree with what she did. You know, this is her last few minutes, hours, whatever it is with Mark before he goes to a rose ceremony and decides if he wants to be with her for the next episode. And she decides to bring up drama. Like, it's not right. No, it's not. And, you know, I guess there's two things that really irk me about that whole thing. For me, you know, I, I used to love Big Brother. That, that was my first reality TV love. And and there was no escaping it. You know, so the, the people who were in the house, and, they, and this is the UK, Big Brother, the people who were in the house could not escape it. They were either live on TV or they were live on the, uh, on the internet or you watched the edited show. They couldn't choose to be mic'd up or, you know, say things off camera. I don't like it that, you know, she said, I'm not going to say this while I'm mic'd. Well, you shouldn't be on the fucking show then. You know, is this yeah. a reality TV show or is it not? So I didn't really like that. And honestly, manipulative is the word that came to mind, uh, to my mind Again. as well. And so, yeah, I, I really didn't like that. And But the, I tell you what, the plot does thicken with every date that goes on. Uh, but initially, in this moment, when I'm watching it, I think, no, no, this is a, this is a play. You've done that deliberately, and especially when they go on to the dinner, and it's all smiles and jokes and laughs, despite well, the fact I mean, you know you've had all this drama. So you know, I, it didn't sit right. So uh, she, it comes out pretty quickly that she'd done all these elaborate stories about how he's got some girlfriend off of the show. And he's giving money that he's receiving from the show 
with this new girlfriend so that he can stay in and date these women. And I mean, that's a pretty bonkers story if you ask me. He doesn't really know who's telling the truth with it. And I don't, I don't know. I just, like I said, like using her last few moments with him to do that like I get that if it is true if she walked in on Mauricio and Bridget having that conversation yes it needs to be brought up and there's no real way around that but like if it's not true she's completely and totally fucked herself you know what Jade I am conflicted about how I feel about this in this moment when I'm watching this I'm thinking that is absolutely a manipulative thing to do but the mm. way it unfolds later gets With more Marissa, and more yeah. interesting. Oh, yeah, spoilers. <laughs> but, you know, it does play into... So she said that Bridget has said this thing to Mauricia about this girlfriend that Mark's siphoning money off to. And, you know, it looks... You know, as a story, it sounds terrible. And so, you know, please, you know, Mark, I'm only doing this because of how much I feel for you and what have you. It... it, it it's like, you know, Jess R is just playing Mark. And and we've mm. seen this a little bit before as well, haven't we? You know, the whole bungee jump thing, she had no intention of ever doing that bungee jump. But, you know, to go there and deprive someone else of going on it, you know, meant she got to spend a bit more time with Mark without actually going through with the date. I, I, I don't know if she actually knew that they were going bungee jumping before they actually got to the towers. All right, fair enough. Fair in enough. her defense. But she was moaning about, you know, well, Mark's, you know, he knows I've got a bad back and what have you, and, you know, he should take that into consideration. So she knew it was something physical that she wasn't going to like. So I, I don't know. I, I still maintain the talent show was the height of Mark and Jess R. And then after that, it's all been a, a little bit, on the negative side, it's not been it's not been about growing that relationship. It's been about focusing on the negative, and you know, Jess R wanting to plant seeds of doubt with Mark about the other girls, and so you know, and again, it didn't help that Jess R alienated herself from the rest of the group. So you know, the only kind of person she could speak to was Mark, and so mm. yeah, it, it's. It didn't come across well, that's all I'll say. I think the way that he's looking at Jessar early on in this episode is just so different. You can see he is emotionally shut off towards her, like he knows something's not quite right. And then the night goes on and like you said, you know, she's all happily and giggly with him and stuff and they try and forget about what was said. But she stumbles over her words when she says, no, she's not as active as him. But then she tries to backpedal because I think she can kind of see his facial expressions. And she's like, um, oh, no, she needs someone to push her out of her comfort zones and stuff. And she's like so clearly trying to save herself. And he can so clearly see that. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is painful to watch. No, so... <laughs> One of our favorite things, and and this, you know, for seasons after this, you know, that, that we look at, but but this is one of the statements that she's made that I would take forward in life because I thought it was absolutely brilliant. She said she wouldn't want to change Mark, you know, or the person that she's with. She just wants to improve them. 
And basically, he's worried that she wants to change too much. Like the first thing she said is, "Oh, she wants to skip, um, fix his skincare routine," which is such a motherly. Like the whole thing, like, "Oh, you're not wearing sun cream again." Yeah, little darling. Absolutely, um, but you know, yeah. for, for me, what what is the difference there? So you know, you're trying to modify someone, you're trying to change someone, or improve them. I'm sorry, but they're both fucking changing someone. So I don't agree with that at all. I think, you know, uh, we all grow up as people and we all change and we, you know, that that is kind of what it is. But mm. she's going in there. She's still in competition with two other girls and she's already identifying f- what she sees as flaws in his personality that as soon as the other chess pieces are off the board, she's going to get to work on. Yeah. And, like, you know, I feel like we, we've kind of torn Jess to shreds. And I know you're a bit more sympathetic about it than I am. But I, I do have to say sorry. Like, it's just the way we see it on this show. You know, I don't... It's something about her personality that's not rubbing, clearly, a lot of people the right way. And... Yeah, I'm sorry. I just, you know, I, I never want to hurt someone intentionally, but it's just how we see it and how we call it. Absolutely. And, and you know, with all the reality stuff that, that we do and, and look at, we always say the same, don't we? We, we call the behavior how we see it. Now, yeah. at the core of this and the reality stuff, and even if you're watching stuff with celebrities and famous people, at the core of it, there are still human beings there. So us having a laugh and a joke you know in calling out this this behavior which is not ideal is completely different to going on social media and trolling someone there's completely different things so we do have we do have Dave's kids in the background, they so you might hear be, them throughout this they episode. They seem to be murdering each other, but it's fine, it's fine. <laughs> they'll, 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 they'll slowly kill themselves They'll off. fight to the death, and then the, the strongest will, <laughs> will win out in the end. So it's fine. But we do apologise for any screeching. <laughs> we don't have an actual torture house here. <laughs> this is not sore. Um, so, no... So absolutely, we are not saying, you know, Jess Art is a terrible person, but the behavior mm. is quite distasteful right now. Now, what I, what I think genuinely, we all have our moments, right? If a camera followed me around for 24 hours, I would look back at things, I'm pretty sure, and think I would have done that differently. Yeah. Right. Just bear with me a sec. Sorry. Um... The kids have gotten a bit too much. He's gone to tell them off. In the meantime, we can just drink wine and hang out together. Hello. It's not the same hosting a podcast by yourself, is it? Uh, He's left me to my own devices here. Yes. It's my birthday! Yay! Oh, he's back. Kids are a wonderful thing. (laughs) (laughs) The the thing I can say about you and me in this podcast is, like you said, we call it as we see it about the behavioural side of things. It's not like we're going to go out there and be like, oh, my God, you're disgustingly ugly and bring you down in that way. We just dissect the, the behaviour that happens on screen that the world sees. 
Absolutely. And I'll uh, retrospectively apologize for the editing that you're going to do, because I'm pretty sure I was halfway through <laughs> something <laughs> and uh, you're going to have to splice it together somehow. But It's fine. I'll be fine. <laughs> I'll get creative. <laughs> what I would say is that, you know, Jess R will look back at this and say, you know what? I'd have done that differently. And actually, I'm pretty sure she'll look back at that and say, I can't believe that is me. And she'll grow from that. And so this can genuinely be a positive experience for her because that's self-awareness. Not many of us ever have the luxury of doing that. You know, we kind of, we, we just get by in life and we kind of, you know, blissfully excuse ourselves of a lot of the things we do. But you know, to have that played back must be a little bit crushing for her, I imagine. And I, I guess in today's world of, you know, everything's open and you get these, I mean, uh, these aren't celebrities, are they? They're not people who are making bags of money out of uh, a career from media. So I guess I, I do feel not cautious, maybe, well, slightly cautious is, is probably one word, but I just want to be sensitive to the fact that we are not, you know, laying into Jess R. It's just that the behavior in this episode and, and all the things leading up to it do come across quite manipulative. And I'm sure she'll grow from that and, and get better. Well, okay. I have to say that obviously at this stage, if you're listening to this episode, you have probably already watched the actual Bachelor episode and you're coming to us for the recap and our thoughts because obviously they are so important um <laughs> but right I have to say that I think that the way people are talking about Jess and her reactions towards nearing the end of the show which we'll get to eventually but it seems like people are being quite cruel and stuff about how she came across, like, you know, refusing to leave and stuff. And I know that's a spoiler, but whatever. Uh, I think that she still had a very dignified and... Uh, I don't want to say mature, like, because, yes, she did refuse to leave. But she had a very um, poised way about her the entire way through. And I, I don't think that she's going to end up regretting some of the stuff she did. Maybe she'll regret ways she went around certain things. But I, you know, I'm, I'm not quite seeing... Everyone keeps saying how immature she came across in this episode and stuff. And I'm like, well, was she though? I mean, she's just had a heart crushed. She doesn't believe it. She really saw this future. Yeah, and she know. was, you know, two words that come to mind gutted and dignified so we've watched this episode back you know we didn't watch it in real time we're watching it a little bit later so we got to see a little bit of the media fallout and we're like oh jess R's refusing to leave and you know it sounded a bit more dramatized <laughs> yeah so but you know she more than anything you know she was gutted she was distraught she genuinely thought that she was going to be in that final two at least i do have to say though on the you know i'm going to flip side to the or flip across to the other side and say 
I am sure I said a few episodes ago, she's got a sense of entitlement. She believes that she should be in those last two. And with some of the words that she was using, you know, she's been used to getting a rose, you know, and I know we're skipping to Mm. the end, but, you know, I I think with that, it it became clear, you know, she, she thought she'd won, you know, with that, I'm sure it's with that talent show, everything else getting to the end was just a bit of an inconvenience. And that's why possibly we'd seen some of that possessive behavior. Um, But yeah, really interesting stuff. Yeah. Well, we'll get on to, you know, the end of the episode later. I'm sorry I jumped ahead, but there were just things I thought should have been brought up while we were on the topic of Jessar initially. So the next uh, date, the adventure date, was Bridget. Now I thought, at this point I'm thinking, this is a masterstroke by Jessar because she's planted that seed. And I don't know, you know, I'm assuming... What we're seeing is chronological order. So, you know, the producers aren't playing mm-hmm. around and actually it was the Mauricia day and they've switched and, and put Bridget next. But the first thing in Bridget's day is the drama. So the, the seed that, she, you know, the whole thing about is Mark siphoning money off to this mysterious girlfriend that he secretly got you know, on the outside, you know, of The Bachelor and... I thought, brilliant. She sabotaged the other dates in one fell swoop. Mm. I thought it was brilliant. You know, so, you know, Bridget's first date, or not first date, but, you know, one of these yeah, final the, dates the starts date. off with a bit of drama where Mark's pretty but much she... accusing her of having this conversation with Mauricio about his mysterious girlfriend. But she is so blunt to the point, and she's like, here's your fucking brain, bloke. Like... Why do you think she would say that? It's complete bullshit. Like, obviously, she wants to get down to the final two. She wants to be the one. She's going to sabotage whatever she wants to. And if that's true or not, at this stage, we are still so unsure because clearly cameras weren't rolling at that stage or something else was going on. So we have no idea what the truth is at this stage. But I did love how blunt Bridget was if if she is telling the truth. And she was right to call him out as well, wasn't she? So, I mean, Mark's clearly got these insecurities. You know, he's been told this information. And so, okay, I'm going to put my bloke hat on now and, and, you know, defend Mark a bit. So he has to talk about it. Now, it's uncomfortable for Bridget because, again, it starts off with the date, but he has to air it. It can't be this seed of doubt that just gnaws away at his subconscious. So I'm glad that it was brought up. But I did think it was a masterstroke <laughs> to actually, you know, sabotage the other day. But, I mean, they did get over it, didn't they? And had a romantic, bumpy ride out into the sea. Before that, Bridget kind of then just threw Jess R under the bus. She was like, well, fuck this shit. I'm going to throw Jess R under the bus. And she's like, well, Jess R came to us and she was making fun of us, like her and Mauricio for having bigger fingers than them and like saying that Jess R had already told Mark what kind of ring she wanted to get designed and stuff. And like Bridget was just balls to the walls going for it. I was like, oh, burn. Now, now Jade, you know, us blokes, we can make fun out of like having bigger appendages than others, right? Is that really a thing with girls? Do they make fun of other girls who have bigger fingers? I think it just comes down. It's not the fingers. It's 
just the, your general size plumpness maybe oh, um, okay okay i get it. it it's like implying a bit of chunkiness maybe yeah and and not in any way saying any of these girls are chunky because they're all absolutely drop dead stunning no but the, uh, that's the implication then so so yeah. bridget is saying that okay i get it now she's saying yeah. they've got like you're such a dude. You don't get it I, I until I say it. But you know what? There are other dudes out there, and they don't get it either. And that, that's why. <laughs> that's why this podcast. You know, this is why I love it because I I need to understand these things. <laughs> You're learning so much from me. I love it. <laughs> You're growing so much. I, I don't so know about proud. that. Not right now. Um, so <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> so right. What do you think right, though? Mark called out Bridget about you know the bowling and the, how it was a bit of a friendly date so what do you think about the friendly bowling date compared to going for a bit of deep sea fishing right i love bowling that was evident in the last episode and i freaking love fishing absolutely love it it's one of my favorite things to do the whole catch and release thing not so much i'm sorry i if you catch it I eat it, but that's just me as a fisherwoman. Um, part-time vegan. Well, I'm not really. <laughs> I'm trying. It's not working. It's my birthday and I had a cow for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> but it's different. Right, so so I think I am from the Ned Stark school of killing which sounds like it's more sinister than, than it actually is. So Ned Stark, obviously a character from Game of Thrones, and he says, you know, if you sentence, you've got to swing the sword. So if you are in a survival situation and you kill, you know, you you eat what you kill, I think that is all yeah. right. Against the, you know, it's very, very different to the industrial kind of uh, farming that we have today, but I am not going to go down that route. <laughs> so, But anyway... Cool. So fishing, it's just, yeah. you know, it's just like, I'm not ever going to say I'm going to be the girl that's going to go live off the land, but I love camping and hiking and nature. And so I've, I fish, I used to fish almost every couple of days and it was how we ate and it was wonderful. And it, you know, fresh fish is it's such a delicious thing. And I just can't imagine not having that. So when I heard that Bridget and Marissa, uh, Bridget and Marissa, <laughs> Bridget and Mark were going on this fishing date, I was like, wow, you know, if I caught a Dorado like they did, I would definitely not release it because a Dorado is the most delicious fish, but they are also extremely beautiful. See, what I don't get is, you know, why? So I can get if you're going to catch fish, eat a fish, I get that. You're gonna rip a hook through a fish's mouth and chuck it back, and it's gonna go there. Well, with it this heals. It's, it's like a scab if you fall over off your bicycle. Is it like a scab it, though? Yes. Okay. So you're advocating not eating them then? Well, no, I want <laughs> to eat them, but I'm just saying I understand why some people would, but I don't understand why they would even go fishing in the first place if they're not going to just bloody eat the thing. I mean. It's trauma. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, I get that. But, I mean, it's, it's obviously for, 
the TV show, isn't it? But, I mean, they both seem pretty happy with putting it back. Uh, the fish did look quite bloody to me and traumatised. But anyway, moving on from that, I think, <laughs> again, Bridget can't help but bring it back to the drama. So I thought it was all put to bed with Jess R. But she keeps bringing it up as well. And I think she does keep bringing it up. You know, we've seen this in previous episodes as well, that she keeps going back to it. And you just think, oh, no, no, it's too far now. You've made your point. You actually don't need to make it anymore. And and Mark said in one of the early episodes, I can't remember which, he said that, you know, if one girl keeps bringing the drama to him, he's going to start associating them with the drama. And I, I just, Bridget's successfully got out of the friend zone. But I don't know. I don't feel confident she's not stuck herself in the drama zone. I don't know if I know what you're talking about with the whole bringing the drama up again. Well, she didn't need to bring the whole Jess R thing up again. So when they were on the boat, they'd, they'd had the discussion about Jess R, but she kept going on. So they were on the boat, they'd done the fishing, they'd chucked the fish back, and Bridget was still going on about how Jess R makes her and Mauricia feel uncomfortable in general. All right. Okay. <laughs> hmm. It obviously didn't resonate with you in the same way as it did with me, but for me, it was just a bit I mean, too much. In, in my opinion, if I'd just been told that this girl was throwing me under the bus for something I never said, at this stage, that's what we think, um, I'd be pretty pissed off about it, like, and want to reiterate the fact that, you know, she's wrong, but that's just me. Um I get that it's really shit timing, but so, so in a real world situation, I think that is the most natural conversation that that would happen, and I think what Bridget's done there in the real world, it is natural, because she's had the initial shock, she's had that conversation, she's been annoyed about it, aired her grievances. They've kind of put it to bed, but not really. And then it's just gnawed away at her for a little bit longer. Mm. And then so she it's bubbling up and she needs to she needs to get more off her chest that she didn't even think of before. You know, when you're upset, you don't think of it all in that moment. And then after you think, oh, yeah, this this is the case as well. And, you know, they they need to know this. So I think it's the most natural thing in the world. But. When you're in competition with two other girls, I just think tactically, I would have probably just kept Stum there. Yeah. Well, <laughs> moving swiftly along. <laughs> um, <laughs> then, like, I think he's pulling out quite a few stops with Bridget. So then they go snorkeling. And she turns into an absolute horn dog when he takes off his shirt. The 12 packs out again. <laughs> Fabulous. Like, I think half the women in the world are like drooling over the TV screen at this stage. Hey, I'm not um, one of those women. I think my tongue was out as well. <laughs> good, good to know. <laughs> I'm pretty ten. sure he's not, but I mean, it's impressive. <laughs> the guy is sculpted. He's like a Greek Adonis. You know, you got to appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> so 
I have to say that, I mean, I recently did my, my scuba diving course in Mosul, which is like an eco resort in um, New Papua, Indonesia. And it was amazing to be under the water in that sense and just seeing it again. And the first thing that Mark did was he went down and he saw this turtle and he was so keen to show Bridget this turtle. And he's like, you know, that's what you want to do when you have love. You want to show someone, not love, but when you care about someone, you want to show them what you're seeing so they don't miss out. And it was just so stunning to see it, like how excited he was to show her the turtle and stuff. And everything was going so well. And then suddenly this music changed, didn't it? <laughs> you know what? I, and I've told you this before. I, you know, got, got a massive fear of sharks. And I, I, just <laughs> wore, I just watched Jaws at too young an age. But when they first went down, I'm thinking, oh. God, I would love to be there. That just looked so amazing. You know, this calm blue ocean, but underneath it, it's teeming with life. It just looked... Yeah, so, and then the music changes, and my stomach literally drops to the floor. <laughs> and I'm like, I was like, how is this going to go? Like, yeah, this is not going to go well. You well. see, like, their legs kicking under the water, and <laughs> I'm like, oh, God, just oh, a God. big red pool just circulating on the top. <laughs> you know, I was pretty sure that wasn't going to happen. You know, luckily, the girls are still tweeting, and Mark's still tweeting and stuff, or, or not tweeting, <laughs> but Instagramming. So I was pretty sure that wasn't going to happen. But, oh, my stomach was through the floor. And I'm thinking, what's going to happen? And you see this jellyfish getting closer and closer. And I'm sure it was sent by Jess R, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) It it had a little Jess R bumper sticker on it. (laughs) It was for Bridget. I'm done. Carry on. <laughs> but then Mark was laughing, wasn't he? He thought it was hilarious until it fucking started going after him. <laughs> oh, shit, a brick. <laughs> and then he, he didn't like it then, so that was the end of it. So they, they had to get out there. But, yeah, I was quite glad it was a jellyfish and not some big fucking shark tooth bastard thing (laughs) I I do I do have to say so at the same time when I was in Missoula I obviously did a bit of a little bit of uh, snorkeling and stuff there as well went to some amazing places and the one day went out and you know there was all this um what do you call is it like plankton or something like in the water That, but it actually starts like staining your skin. Oh, really? After a while, yeah, like it really burns. So we were out there and like, swimming around and stuff, and then suddenly, like we were looking at like these trees that grew in in the water, and I was looking at all the roots underneath, and suddenly I felt this really massive sting happen across my arm and I like turned so quickly and out of the corner of my goggles I saw this massive like and I'm talking like ginormous jellyfish like bigger than the one that was on that episode even though that could have been enhanced because it's reality television um but I saw this thing and I was like oh crap and I flung my arm out and unfortunately like the the tentacles wrapped its way completely around my arm and then I just like freaked out and I got up out of the water because it was quite shallow and I stood up and I was like freaking out but I was in so much adrenaline that like I couldn't get the the um the what's it called like the um the pipe that you have when you're snorkeling 
All right. Yeah, the snorkel. Yeah. The snorkel. I, the snorkel out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. When you're snorkeling. <laughs> I can get the snorkel out of my mouth. Um, and eventually, like, Duran had to, like, rip the snorkel out of my mouth because I was just standing there in pure terror. And I don't know why I was so scared, but I'd been hurt so badly on my arm that I just, like, stood there and I was so freaked out. And he ripped it out. And I was just like sort of screaming like jellyfish, jellyfish. And he looked around and suddenly like I like it was still burning my hand. So I like thrashed my arm out and the tentacles then went on and landed on his neck and started like stinging his neck. And at this stage, like all the people on the boat that we were with, like could see something was really wrong. And they were like, start swimming towards the boat quickly. You're in like a swarm of jellyfish. And we were in a bad swarm. Like I had welts over my entire body for days. It was like swimming through that and getting stung repeatedly was probably the worst pain. And the only way they could get the, um, the tentacles off me was to rub, um, the the sand from the bottom of the ocean onto my skin blimey because it was grainy and it, oh it was it was torture yeah, it sounds horrendous i mean i i've watched finding nemo and you know they they went through a similar thing so so i, I feel your pain <laughs> finding nemo mate <laughs> maybe not quite I tell you what, Dory was on death's door right there. So, I mean, I've not been through anything quite sort of traumatic. I think the the proper, like, stomach drop in time. I think I was in Mexico and I was sort of treading water and I was just just chatting to this, uh, someone else who was out there, another holiday maker. And I remember all these, like, silverback fish just... They were leaping out of the water just right past us. And I was like, oh, fuck this. They've seen something. (laughs) (laughs) And I think there were quite a lot of barracuda and stuff around there. And obviously, they're Mm. not going to eat yet. But, you know, it's it's not going to tickle either. So, yeah, I I still remember that moment. It was just like, right, fuck this. (laughs) I'm right out of here. Yeah. You never know what's underneath, do you? That's why you need a snorkel. But anyway, so Jess R's <laughs> jellyfish successfully got them out of the water. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but anyway, so, I mean, they, they they did have a good dinner day after that, though, didn't they? After the whole jellyfish so jam. They did everything. They went out fishing. They went out snorkeling. And then they still had this lovely little private picnic on this desert beach thing. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, she's getting a lot of stuff here. And, yeah, yeah. Like, I think that the, the one thing that really stuck out to me, and it's just because it's, you know, May 15th, 2020, Bridget said, oh, my God, it's so nice and isolated. And I was like, I hate that word. <laughs> yeah. I don't think anyone ever, ever again is going to use the word isolated <laughs> in a positive way after COVID-19. No. So th- that that has not aged well, has it? Because it's like, oh, this is great being isolated. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fucking over it. <laughs> for a little bit, yes. But not for but a She didn't period. know that at that time, but... 
But Swallow so, your words. I don't know what. <laughs> I mean, she's definitely out the friend zone, though, isn't she? I mean, that was quite a passionate kiss that they had. It seemed to stir Mark up a bit. I had to rewind very... back because I was I was wondering where he was grabbing, and and so you know, wherever it was, he's definitely out the friend zone. Well, you had to rewind back for a different reason then. Oh no! Yeah. <laughs> Easy now. <laughs> I'm not quite there. No. So... <laughs> anyway, moving swiftly on. <laughs> but like to so their chat, they really lined up. You know, with what they want in life, the kids and the family and the the dinner dynamic and work situations and just the way that they spend their everyday lives now. You know, it all seems so perfect and they seem to have really grown closer in these last couple of episodes. You can really see their connection and like while it's getting more romantic, they're continuing to keep that goofy and fun side as well, which I love. Yeah. And you know what? You're absolutely right. I think more than the other two girls, right, we've seen a development. We've seen an evolution between these two, so Mark and Bridget, because they were definitely just having a laugh, weren't they, at the start? And they were getting on. They were, you know, so much fun together. But it was kind of a friendly thing, and we've seen the romantic side develop from there. Mark's first date with Mauricia, and, and I'm pretty sure, you know, where he shared a kiss at that first date and then shared a second kiss, you know, he was definitely feeling the connection there. And and the uh, the attraction was growing quite a lot, let me put it that way. So, <laughs> but, but with, you know, so it was definitely there right from day one with Mauricia. It was there fairly, fairly early on with Jess R as well. With Bridget, it wasn't there at the start. But it's definitely there now. So, yeah, from where they started to where they are now, I have to say Bridget and Mark's relationship has come the furthest, I think. Yeah. And I, I'm i not going to say I know Mark's mum because I don't that well. Like, we saw a tiny preview when he was becoming The Bachelor, I think. And, you know, he's in the kitchen and he's chatting to his mum. In a way, and I could be completely wrong here, so don't mark my words on this, but I kind of feel like maybe Bridget reminds Mark of his mother. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, you know, that maybe his mum became this really strong and independent woman. And Bridget is so clearly that, you know, she speaks her mind. She's blunt. She's honest. She tells it as it is. I just think that she's lovely. She, okay. she absolutely is. And, and you know, you know what's interesting? So, you know, Bridget is a little bit older than Mauricia, isn't she? So, you know, she's she's got that connection with him. Mauricia kind of has that fearlessness that, you know, when when you sort of come out of college and whatever, you, the world's your oyster, and she's got no fear about her at all. Whereas I think Bridget does have more of that vulnerability. Yeah. But... And they've got that connection. And, and I still think, I, I'm with you, and you called it at the top of the show, I think Mauricia is probably going to win out. But you know what, Jade? As The more that we speak about it, I think I'm convincing myself that Mark and Bridget is that better match. I, I do agree. I think they would be such a fun couple. 
<laughs> Sorry, I thought you were going to go more than that. So, <laughs> so yeah, I think they absolutely will be. Um, hmm, I might have to revise my prediction, but my predictions have generally been terrible. So, Let's... I I still say Mauricio, hundred percent. There's too much. There is too much of my true crime sleuthing that has gone on that can definitely see Mark and Mauricia end up together. The freaking kitchen counter is the same. Well, Inspector Poirot, we will definitely get back to that, or Miss Marple, whichever one you want to go with, Inspector Colombo. Let's get on to the Mauricia date, because that gets more interesting, because I I don't like the true crime stuff as much as you do, but at least <laughs> I can understand triangulating stories. And so, what do you make of the Mauricia date? So, Mauricia, horse riding. <laughs> and again, um, Mark brings up the Jessar stuff. Uh, he wants to get it out of the way pretty quickly, I think, which I, I guess he has to do. And Mauricia, as she's done the whole season so far, she's so blasé about it. She's just shrugging her shoulders. She's like, yeah, I heard that you had a girlfriend outside of this. I didn't really think too much of it. Just like, you know, yeah, I'm going to go jump off some towers and bungee jump. <laughs> I'm going to go do this. I'm going to... I was like, wait, hold on. I don't really understand Mauricia at this stage because she's just like so blasé about everything. But, but again, it's that fearlessness of youth, isn't it? And And... But the thing that came across to me, so before we got to that moment where she says about the, you know, Mark's secret girlfriend on the outside, and I don't know if we're supposed to be talking about this, but it's bloody impossible not to. So before that, you're sort of thinking, well, it's Jess R's word against Bridget's, right? Mm. And, and given what we've seen up until this point, I am honestly, hand on heart, I'm more inclined to go with Bridget's story. Just because we've seen the mani manipulation from Jess R. But do you not think that with what Mauricia said there seems to corroborate Jess R's story? Yeah, it was like Mauricia said, yes, I have heard that. And that's exactly what Jess R said. Yep. And I was like, um, mm, that really lines up. And I'm not really sure how this all works in my head right now. Now, I think, um, you know, in our amateur sleuthing, um, Mark probably is Amateur? Amateur, amateur. What, what did I say? Oh, oh, no, I'm saying, mine. did you just say I'm an amateur? No, my personally. Oh, right. <laughs> you obviously okay, get okay, paid then. for your sleuthing, but I, I personally don't get paid for mine. So, <laughs> now, uh, Mark doesn't buy it, though, does he? I, I don't think... Too much has happened leading up to that point. I don't think, even though, you know, you'd say, well, actually, what two people are saying goes against what the third person is saying. I don't mm -hmm. think he's, I think he's too far gone and he doesn't buy it. And he, at that point, he sort of goes with what Bridget said. But anyway, we get, oh, I've got to say, I did like this date. You know, so you got beautiful white horses on a beachfront, beautiful blue sea. It looked amazing, to be fair. And then it all goes tits up. <laughs> <Yeah. coughs> Old Tabasco, you know, proves a bit feisty, doesn't he? 
Tabasco decides that he is not into this date whatsoever and he just throws Mauricio right off. Now, I still say that was Jessar's fault. sent a, a killer jellyfish and, you know, she planted... <laughs> a she, bucking horse. She'd sent a bucking horse to throw Mauricio off her bucking bag. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was a snort. <laughs> I mean, he had much luck. is Carol Baskin to Joe Exotic, isn't she? <laughs> Carol Baskin. <laughs> no, Carol I mean, it, has wrecked him. <laughs> in all seriousness. I mean, we saw the preview, didn't we, from yesterday? And, and it, it, we were like, oh, God, I can't believe what's happened. It obviously looked quite painful, but, you know, it didn't turn out to be quite as dramatic as what we were thinking. Oh, I thought that that horse must have, like, crushed her arm or done something really bad. Like, we knew it wasn't that bad because, obviously, she's on social media now and she's posting things and she's fine physically, so we see. So I knew it wasn't so bad, but it was filmed a couple of months ago. So I was like, oh, I wonder if this affected the show in some way. Um, but I think that Mark secretly kind of loved it because he could see just how tough she was. Yeah. No, definitely. You know, she just got right back up, had her wounds checked too. You know, she had a few gashes. She was bleeding from some places. And it must have been a shock. Like, I understand when she says there's adrenaline running through her. Like, when a horse is galloping and you fall off and their hoof could have kicked you in the face, that's got to be scary. And also and the think... fact that it's fucking high up. <laughs> you know, I mean, on the TV, it doesn't look that high up. But those were big yeah. horses, and that must have bloody hurt. And even though, you know, she was she was scratched and bruised and whatever, she just kind of gets on with it, doesn't she? Yeah, and it's like she does with everything. She just goes, like, full on, loves everything, is into everything. She's She's cool. And I think he loves that about her. Like, she doesn't start bawling her eyes out like maybe some of the other contestants <laughs> would do. <laughs> and I'll I tell you what else it did as well. It brought out Mark's sort of nurturing side as well. You know, and maybe triggered something with him. That the it, caring side. Yeah, he kind of wouldn't have felt if that hadn't have happened. You know, I mm. think he was genuinely, when that happened, he was genuinely fearful for her. And maybe hadn't quite realised his feelings were as strong before that. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> and then but the one thing I have to say, and I know you, you even called me out for it earlier, saying that I'm always, like, defending Mark and whatever. <laughs> I will say, no, I'm not. Because he said to Mauricio while they were, like, walking down the beach together afterwards, you're not going to be riding that horse again, ever. I mean, poor Tabasco. Maybe he saw a crab or something and he was really freaked out. Like, the poor horse. It's not its fault, is it? Uh, probably not. But, you know, I I don't know. I think that's probably just misplaced um, protectiveness, maybe. Just, see, we're going to switch roles here, so I'm going to defend Mark. I, I think that was a not a great thing to say. It's like, you know... Ultimately, if she wants to go and ride Tabasco again, she, she, 
you know she should do it and she was like yeah no give me a month or even maybe two weeks and i was like that's awesome do it because if you get scared that that's the worst thing you can do like pick it back up as soon as you can yeah so <laughs> that's what they were saying wasn't it you know as soon as you fall off the horse you got to get back on and she was like well yeah, yeah not right now though <laughs> she was, and and that was it's a bit sore. exactly that was the indication wasn't it that that fucking hurt there was one other thing from this date that i was very uh sleuthy about <laughs> shall i say so they had this little picnic afterwards and I'm a true crime addict. I look and dissect everything. Um, not in like a crazy way. I just really, really like to <laughs> see things for what they are. And Borussia has a ring on her ring finger while she's with him, with her hand on his face, on that picnic. Yeah. And I don't know. It's not a, It's clearly not an engagement ring. But it's a something, and I don't know, because that other girl got called out early on. I, got, I don't know if it was Greta or someone who had, like, a unicorn ring or something on her finger, and she was like, oh, no, she's just keeping the finger warm or something. There's something <laughs> going on there. It's a bit odd, isn't it? I mean, it's called the ring finger for a reason, and, and we had to rewind it back, didn't we? It's like, no, is it just a – is it actually the right hand – and you know it's the camera yeah, we were like, yeah we were trying to decide like is that actually the right hand going across the body is it the left hand and we determined if we are correct and both of us came to the same conclusion and you're an astrophysicist so you should know right that is the left hand i don't think you need a degree in astrophysics to understand the left hand <laughs> from the right hand but i appreciate the call <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, it does look, you see it in movies and TV, don't you? A lot of times, like, continuity being messed up. And the thing is, with movies, they have a lot more people just focused on that, just focused on the continuity. I think they might have just fucked up there, you know. But you think that that's actually, no, but looking at the ring, it's definitely not an engagement ring. Well, if it's an engagement ring or a promise ring, Surely, when you're in a competition like The Bachelor is, surely having any kind of ring on your ring finger on the left hand is not a good thing. Also, what I can say is that there were no bandages on her during the picnic. I didn't... Oh, Christ, yeah, yeah. I hadn't even thought of that. So, I mean, to be fair, it did look... She uh, When Mauricio fell off... She, she had a, a big old scratch on a kind of was it she a, has a little cut and then suddenly got half her arm bandaged yeah. up. I was like, Oh come <laughs> on. Like, come on, let's lay on the drama. But yeah, okay, yeah. No, I don't think it was there, was it? Hmm. Nope. Hmm. Oh, our true crime sleuthing. <laughs> Love it. Well, we don't know. We don't know. But did <laughs> we get on to the rose ceremony? And the girls are clearly nervous. We get, <laughs> I, you know what? I don't think I can do it justice because this is a tense environment. We've got the girls, the three girls, they're clearly nervous. We've got Jason Greer stood on his own. <laughs> stood on his own yeah. being the operative sentence. Yeah. And then, and then what happens, Jade? <laughs> I don't know. 
know if it was really bad editing or what happened, but it's like suddenly, like Jason Greer is like, okay, let's welcome the Bachelor, Mark, and he just pops out from right behind Mark's back. And it's clearly cut. And I'm just like, it looks like he's just jumped out like he's been hiding. <laughs> it was perfect, though. It was perfect. The way he just kind of, he moved his body around from behind Jason as if it was like, <laughs> I've been here the whole time. <laughs> hey. <laughs> I just imagine while Jason's been giving this speech, like Mark kind of hiding behind Jason. <laughs> and the girls are like, "Where's Mark? Where's Mark?" Is he's like, "Oh, oh he's, he's right there." If you, if, if you guys can go back to all our listeners, go back and watch that episode. It is the funniest moment where it's it's so badly edited. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> it and that's what we are. We don't hold anything back, so we'll call it as we see it. I think that is my favourite moment. I might have to actually snap that on the on the phone, and, and maybe we'll post that or something. But that no, should be a, like a, a gif or something. <laughs> If I knew how to create such things, I would. But I am too old now in my birthday age. Don't be deaf. Now, obviously, we're down to the final three. I still don't know whether, you know, being picked first really means you're first in the pecking order or not. So, but Mauricia does get chosen first, doesn't she? She does. But, you know... There's this whole thing about Jess R throwing them under the bus, right? Before Mauricio gets picked, they're all holding hands. I was like, I wanted to see when they made up. Like, when they had that conversation that was like, yeah, I said that, I'm really sorry, and they probably had a big bit bitch fit about it mm. like i wanted to see that yeah it's just something like nothing mattered although bridget and jessa were on either end of marissa so i don't know but i feel like that could have been elaborated upon if you you were going to stir some more drama yeah i don't think they need to stir it anymore though do they i i can't help but feel because and and this might be slightly unfair but because of marissa's age you would think she's more easily manipulated. Mm-hmm. And whether that's by Jess or whether it's by Bridget, I actually don't, genuinely don't know which way it is. Because of the way that story played out, I think at the start of the episode, I'd have said it was Jess R. As it unfolded, I'm thinking, you know what? I, I kind of, if you were going going on probabilities, you would have said, Actually, all Jess R was doing was telling the truth. And so, I honestly, yeah. I don't know how to call it. Now, how I interpreted that kind of all holding hands thing, I just think they, it's such a tense moment for all of them. You know, at this stage of the game, there's so many feelings involved. You know, this isn't just, you know, it's not the price is right. It's not just like, you know, do you get to win the game show? There are genuine feelings involved. So I think even with all the kind of politicking and drama, I think there's still at some level is a togetherness within the girls, or at least for a bit, <laughs> at least until the next rose is dished out. 
What do you uh, write about? So clearly, right, Mauricia and Bridget get a rose. Okay. What do you think about Jess's reaction? I think she was... I think this is what everyone was here to (laughs) listen to. Well, I mean, we're looking at the clock, aren't we? It's like 12 minutes to go and it's the rose ceremony. What the hell is going to happen? And normally, you know, the girls... You know, Mark says a couple of words and then the girls go and that's it. The way Jess R reacted, and I don't know why we call her Jess R because Jessie went ages ago. So she's just Jess really, isn't she? Um, The way she reacted is kind of consistent with what we've seen before. You know, she felt entitled to that rose. She said she's been used to getting that rose. So she even though it was down to one rose and there were two girls i don't think she entertained the idea that she might not actually get the rose and so all right some people out there have interpreted it that you know she's been she's been refusing to leave i just see it as as she thought she was going to get it and she is absolutely gutted and she's just talking it out and I've got to say, you know, secondary to that, and I'll, I'll come back to you in a sec, but I mean, Mark starts to go into verbal diarrhea mode because he, he starts to talk and say like, you know, well, at times I felt I was being manipulated. It's like, why, why, why I say that? <laughs> you don't need to, you've not given her a rose. Why do you just want to crush on her a little bit more? Not crush on her, not in a good way, like crush her heart kind of thing. So yeah, I, yeah, I don't think either of them have come out particularly well there. I mean, what did you make of it all? You know, like you said, you know, she's used to getting the rose. Um, she, she, I think she's in denial. And he says that he's been manipulated by her and, you know, she doesn't really understand it. And it's a tough one because as much as I kind of see things from her point of view a little bit more this episode, I also do think that she has manipulated him and it's not going to end well from her. And I know that this week ended on a cliffhanger, but I'm fairly certain because he's now chosen Mauricia and Bridget, he is going to have to ask her to leave in the next episode. Yeah. I I mean, uh, it'll be interesting how long that plays out. You know, is it just going to be a leave it on a cliffhanger and then the first two minutes, right, bang, it's over. Yeah, and I, like you know, I'm not sure if I heard this correctly or not because like we didn't have the best sound uh, going because the kids and stuff were there. But uh, there was a second where Jess R was saying something to him after she'd been denied a rose, and I'm pretty sure she said something about like her saying to him oh well i'm not sure if you're here for the right reasons that was exactly it that's why i've got my notes jade for the first time in this season i have got more notes than you (laughs) i was distracted by children (laughs) so (laughs) so yeah she was absolutely questioning his reasons for being in there and i just thought oh this is why i watch this shit because of all the drama and like she's not happy but she's going down with a fight and i love it (laughs) yeah it was awesome 
I can't wait to see what happens next week. I kind of, like, I was so excited to be able to have an episode of Bachelor to watch on my birthday, but now I'm really pissed off because, like, we don't know how it's going to end and to end a bloody Bachelor episode on a cliffhanger on my birthday. Really? But honestly, this was the best episode of the season. And, and again, for, you? for me, because I love the drama. <laughs> so, I guess not if you're into the lovey-dovey stuff, but no. Do you not think? Yeah, yeah, yeah it was great. <laughs> oh, very convincing there. <laughs> you got to do some sleuthing. Yeah, I've been sleuthing all along, mate. <laughs> yeah, you've been stalking all the Instagram pages and looking for, is that the Schindler's Lift? Is that the same mm. one? Apparently, there's lots of them that look the same. No, I, I got the... So, it's not just that. It was the uh, the fact that... So, Marissa posted, like, a... I think it must have been a breakfast, and... She's been very conservative with her surroundings, I think. And unfortunately, in the picture she posted of the food, the countertop in the background was this marble countertop, which is the exact same marble countertop that Mark has in his house, that he cooks in a lot. So I think that that breakfast was cooked by Mark in his flat, and she was there, and that is my... Jim Carrey impersonation. <laughs> you know what? I think, I think we've been playing too much Cluedo because I think it was Colonel Mustard with the lead piping in the library. So, <laughs> no, that is some superb sleuthing. And I. And, 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 and the fact that. So she posted on the seafront promenade that she was out for like a walk and it was beautiful, whatever. Then nine hours later, which was not the morning, Mark posted a thing with his little, um, oh, I forgot, a boof, as you call them, like a little mask over your face. And he was out on his run, and he was like, oh, yeah, this is my morning run. But it was clearly not the morning in South Africa when he posted that. <laughs> so I was like, if you actually add up those timelines, they were there at the same time. Bang. And that, kids, is how you know we're not an official podcast at all, because <laughs> we just will spoil everything if we, uh, or speculate at least, uh, how it is. So <laughs> honestly, oh, Jade, this has been brilliant. We've been going for an hour and 10 minutes now. There has I been really so much <laughs> to discuss in this episode. <laughs> so Jade, if someone wanted to get in touch with us, how would they get in touch with us? So you can find us on Instagram under Bachelor Banter Podcast, or you could get us under Twitter under Banter underscore Bachelor, or email us, which no one ever seems to does anyway, um, under Bachelor Banter Podcast at gmail.com. Isn't that interesting? Because no one emails us, but we get loads of like interaction on Instagram. But, um, yeah, Instagram's a new thing, mate. Yeah. You're about 40 something. You've got to get down with the kids. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but anyway, honestly, Jade, this has been spectacular. I've, I've absolutely loved it and I can't wait for next week. I, I hope they don't wrap up the whole rose ceremony too quickly because I just want to see a bit more drama out of that. But honestly, I can't wait till it, it does unfold. And, and I guess if you're if you're super sleuthing and you're putting all your cards in Mauricio's court, 
I'm going to go the opposite just to be awkward. I, I'm going to opt for Bridget. So there we go. That's my prediction. And we all know your predictions suck, so... Yeah, so sorry, Bridget, if you're listening. But um, unfortunately, I'll probably just giving you the kiss of death there. But no, it'll make it interesting for next week. Yeah, cool. We'll see you next week, guys. And I'm sorry that this is late. We are going to try and become more consistent. <laughs> I'll see you next week. See you next week. Bye. Bye.